This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God, my life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Give five people a high five, and then you may be seated this evening. So, you know, I put myself at great risk telling personal testimonies, but occasionally people help me along the way so I don't have to tell my own stories. I received this this afternoon. Pastor Lingerfeld, 18 years ago, a man at Faith Christian Center gave me a CD of a preacher in Arlington, Texas, talking about the connected man. In that message, you talked about Jacob making a vow and bringing the tithe to God. You talked about men getting connected and making their life about God's work, God's mission, God's house, and putting him first, then their spouse, and then their children. I started that journey 18 years ago. I had never made more than $22,000 in a year, had a two-year degree from a junior college, and just a year or two earlier had been unable to hold a job. I brought my first offering before I had even gotten saved. It was for $35, which was everything in my account. A few weeks before getting married, I sowed $200 directly into the anointing, into your life, to believe God that my wedding and my marriage would be blessed. On the night of our wedding, we were upgraded to the presidential suite in the hotel a room that rented for $3,500 a night. Well, we didn't stop there. We kept sewing into the anointing and about a year later bought a house significantly below market value and my wife and I found out our first child was on the way. We kept sewing during the meltdown. Father God blessed us and made a way. The business doubled and tripled and replaced my wife's income so she could be home as our children were born. We kept sowing. We kept increasing the amount we were sowing, verging on the edge of crazy, crazy faith. Early on, and even now, we've had years where we sowed 30 to 40% of what crossed our hands in that given year. For 18 years in a row, we have had the best year we have ever had. We went on to have our first $100,000 months 
And now, our first quarter of a million dollar months, we have given almost $2 million into the gospel, and we feel as if we have barely even scratched the surface of what is possible as we become paymasters to advance his kingdom. As we completed our challenge offering commitment from April 1st, 2018, Father God blessed us as we designed and built a beautiful new home with privacy and space. We were blessed in every, were blessed in every way, in our marriage, our children, our health, and in our witness to others. We take no credit and give all the credit, the glory, and the honor to the Lord. We need no approval from man. We just want to continue to walk in God's plan for our lives. So keep thundering the word of God from the pulpit. We will continue to sow and have and to have a relentless push for God to see his kingdom advance, to save the lost, to heal the sick, to repair the broken, to see the word of God cause people to dream again and to realize that God has a plan for their life. Thank you, Pastor. We thank you for having the holy guts to teach us how to walk in financial covenant with God. Can you say amen? Say it out loud. What God will do for one, God will do for all. Say it this way. If God will do that for them, God will do that for me. Because he's no respecter of persons. Now, do you know why this series on mastering money is so critical in these days? Because if you don't master your money, if you allow money to master you, you'll be like everyone else out here and you'll be a money whore. It's everywhere. It's all through government. Now it's all through medicine and it's all through the ministry because I've mastered money and not allowed myself to be mastered by money. I would not sell out my moral code for $10 million. But I've come across preachers in these 49 years who would sell out their so-called moral code for a $100 or $1,000. They're nothing but whores, money whores. Pastor, you shouldn't use that word in church. Well, how about prostitutes? That's a biblical word. They're, they're money prostitutes. What's a prostitute? Somebody who'll do anything for money. You know, 10% of the big guy was on the hard drive. Nothing happened. Our uranium got sold to Russia. Now our oil's being sold to China. You know, we find out that one of the perpetrators of this great big hoax the last two and a half years uh, is a patent holder on one of these vaccines. Now the CDC comes out today and says, oops, our bad. There's no difference between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Oops. Sorry your life got screwed up. Oops. Sorry you got fired. Oops. Money horse. You know, it's like on the streets of New York, 50 bucks, you know. Money horse. Yeah, that's what you call a pregnant pause. 
I want you to think about what I'm saying. If you do not learn how to handle money right, it'll master you and turn you into a whore. Money, say it out loud. If you're born again, say it out loud. I'm a child of God. So nothing should master you. Alcohol shouldn't master you. Drugs shouldn't master you. Food shouldn't master you. Nothing should master the child of God. Say it out loud. Nothing should master the child of God. Amen. We're not to be ruled. We are to rule. Can I get an Amen. So don't be a money whore. Learn how to be a covenant man, a covenant woman, and handle money right. Mastering money. Either money will master you or you will master money. Jesus said, here's the principle, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing. This was where we started last night, Genesis 12, 2 and 3. God said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So here's the principle. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. God said to Abraham, I'm gonna bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing. But you can't be much of a blessing, right, until you get blessed. I said you can't be much of a blessing, right, until you get blessed. How many of you here tonight want to be a blessing and be able to give more so that more people can hear the gospel? Well, how can you be a blessing unless and until God blesses you? You see why Satan has fought what the Bible says about success and prosperity. See, and this is it. I want you to see the concept, the heart of what I'm trying to communicate in these weeks of increase in August from 2018 forward. If you do not learn how to handle money biblically, you're gonna handle it some other way because we need money. Do you understand? We got to have it. We got to have it. We got to have it because it costs $150 to fill up a pickup truck now. Only a year and a half ago, it cost 75 bucks or 70 bucks to fill up a pickup truck. I'm telling you, they're wrecking this place on purpose. But the covenant man can cruise and ride above it and ride on the heights Hallelujah of the Lord our God. Amen. 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 If you have a loving heart and if you have a willing heart and if you have a sowing heart, we are here in these days to make sure you have a heart of faith. Why? Because without faith, you'll never be able to do for God's kingdom what your heart wants to do. I said without faith, you'll never be able to do for God's kingdom what is in your heart to do. Now picking up where we left off last evening, no time for review. We left off with this last evening, this song, this hymn from the past. My house is full, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? You may not be called into full-time ministry, but like R.G. to Letourneau's pastor told him, 
God needs businessmen as well as preachers and missionaries. R.G. Letourneau started out tithing, and by the end of his life, he was living on the 10% and giving the 90% because he had so much money coming in. After he got saved, he was so devoted to God, he wrestled with not being a minister. He felt guilty because he was a businessman. So he went to his pastor for his so he went to his pastor for advice, and his pastor said, you know, Brother Letourneau, God needs businessmen as well as preachers and missionaries. And in his book, R.G. Letourneau wrote, those were the words that have guided my life ever since. Many men have the same mistaken idea I had of what it means to serve the Lord. My idea was that if a man was going all out for God, he would have to be a preacher or an evangelist or a missionary, or what we call a full-time Christian worker. I didn't realize that a layman could serve the Lord as well as a preacher. And that, my friends, was the turning point of his life. At that point in his life, he describes himself as a dirt mover with a lot of debts piled up by his failure in the automobile garage business. But he determined to be a businessman a businessman for God. And then, see, he crossed the bridge, and then God gave him an idea. In 1959, after giving $10 million into the gospel, Letourneau was still worth some $40 million. Sounds amazing, doesn't it? But let me bring those $1959 into 2022 dollars. By 1959, after giving $476 million into the gospel, R.G. Letourneau was still worth some $1.9 billion. R.G. Letourneau wrote, you will never know what you can accomplish until you say a great big yes to the Lord. You see, my house is full, as the hymn says, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? Yes, we're blessed at Faith Christian Center, but we're not going to sit around on our blessed assurance. We're going to do more and more and more for God, and we're going to give away more and more and more money into the work of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get a better amen? amen? When we tie our lives onto God's great goal, God begins to bless us. Listen to this scripture. It will give you faith to do anything for God. Romans 8, 32, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? If God has already given you his very best, the Lord Jesus Christ, why would he say no to any good and godly thing you might desire for your life or for your home or for your family? If God gave heaven's best, do you think God is going to fail to bless you financially and give you health and strength to preach the gospel after he's given you heaven's best? You can have faith for that. That's the reason I can believe God to do all of these impossible things because from the very beginning, we have not only given away every dime that came into Faith Christian Center marked missions, but from the start, we have also given away 10% of every dollar that came into the general fund as tithes. Since we pioneered Faith Christian Center, we have plowed $12.5 million into the gospel 
outside of Faith Christian Center. Yes, we are blessed to be a blessing. Tell your neighbor, we are blessed to be a blessing. Tell the neighbor on the other side, we are blessed to be a blessing. Now let's go back to Isaiah 58 and pick up in verse 8. Isaiah 58, then. In other words, when you begin to do right, not put on a religious show. When you begin to handle money right, when you begin to stop taking advantage of people financially, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will appear quickly. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. What, it, what is the first word in bo, ver, both verses 8 and 9? Then. Shout it out loud. Then. then. Shout it again. Then. then. In other words, if you will do things God's way. Remember how we started this week? Isaiah 55 is the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from the heavens and water the earth, so is my word that what? Goes forth from my mouth. God's got a different way of doing things than we do. And when we, when we begin to do things God's way, including handling money, but wait a minute, when we begin to do things God's way with sex, which means marriage, when we begin to do things God's way with child rearing, when we begin to do things God's way in every area of life, problems just dissipate. Problems just go away. And instead of creating days of hell upon the earth for ourselves, we do what Joshua 1.8 says, we make our own way prosperous, we make our own way successful, and we begin to live in days of heaven upon the earth. Can I get an amen? amen? In other words, if you'll do things God's way, then something good is going to happen. Something good is going to happen. If you'll do things God's way, then you'll you see something good is going to happen to you. Isaiah, Isaiah 58, picking up in verse 9, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then, there's that word again, then, your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. How many of you would like that? The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repair of broken walls, restore of streets with dwellings. If you'll give yourself to help suffering humanity, people lost and undone without Jesus, if you'll give yourself away, if you'll empty yourself for the cause of Christ and the gospel, then something is going to happen. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24 to 27, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man 
If he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul. Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. And of course the heretics say that the words of Jesus do not apply to us today because they don't even want to stop and think about being rewarded for what they have done. We read the other night that he's going to come and he's going to settle accounts. People don't seem to be much worried about it because it seems like his coming has been delayed. His return seems to have been delayed. But we read the other night that he is going to settle up accounts whether good or bad, according to what we have done, whether good or bad. Isaiah says, if you'll do things God's way, then something's going to begin to happen in your life. Isaiah 58, 8, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. The King James Version says, then shall thy light break forth as the morning and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before, before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Did he say gradually? Did he say gradually? Did he say sometime in the sweet by and by? No, he said, then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, speedily. How many of you would like to have your healing come speedily? I'm talking tonight about speedily. Hallelujah. It will not take God nearly so long to get you blessed as it took you and the devil to get you cursed. Praise the Lord, we need to be healthy to take care of our families, and we need to be healthy, to go out there and to earn a living, to tithe, to give offerings above and beyond the tithe. Isaiah 58, 8, then shall thy light break forth in the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. When we begin to give ourselves away, when we begin to share our lives for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and for those less fortunate than ourselves, our health shall spring forth speedily. When we live for something greater than ourselves, we gain power with God. Listen to what I'm saying tonight. When we begin to live for something greater than ourselves, we gain power with God. When we earn money for something greater than ourselves, we gain power with God. So wrap your arms around a needy city, a needy nation, and a needy world, and say, Father God, I want my life to count for something. How many, how many, how many even of God's people, born-again people, are going to cross over into eternity, and their life will not have counted for much? I don't know about you, but I do not want to be counted in that number. I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to count for something. I want my life to be able to do something for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the book by S.I. McMillan, None of These Diseases, he tells the story of the Rockefeller family. You know, the lust for money 
is the root of all evil. That's what Paul said in 1 Timothy 6.10. John D. Rockefeller was a strong and a healthy farm boy, and he drove himself in business harder than a slave. John D. Rockefeller said, yes, I tithe, and I would like to tell you about how it all came about. I had to begin work as a small boy, boy to, help my, to help support my mother. My first wages were $1.50 a week. The first week after I went to work, I took the $1.50 home to my mother, and she held the money in her lap and explained to me that she would be happy if I would give a tenth of it to the Lord. And I did. From that week until this day, I have tithed every dollar God has entrusted to me. And I want to say if I had not tithed the first dollar I made, I would not have been able to tithe the first million dollars that I made. He wrote, train your children to tithe, and they will grow up to be faithful stewards of the Lord. John D. Rockefeller began tithing even as a child and became one of the richest men in the history of humanity through the petroleum business. He came from a poor family and an absent father, but his mother taught him to put down a root of faithfulness which still today brings prosperity to that family. His fortune when he died in 1937 was $760 billion in 2022 dollars, which is 12 times the net worth of Bill Gates today. John D. Rockefeller said, God gave me my money. Why did God single out John D. Rockefeller for stupendous wealth? He believed it was because he was a good steward. In his 70s, he said, it has seemed as if I was favored and God increased because the Lord knew I was going to turn around and give it back. By the time he was 12, he had saved $50, about $1,400 in today's money. He then loaned that $50 to a farmer at 7% interest. At the end of the year, he collected $3.50 interest with absolutely no work. He later said the impression was gaining ground with me that it was a good thing to let the money be my slave and not make myself a slave to money. John D. Rockefeller was a hard worker. When he worked as a bookkeeper, he would sometimes put in 12 hours a day. But even while he was an ordinary laborer, he would trade his own money in different futures and commodities. In other words, he was always looking for a way to put his money to work. By age 33, John D. Rockefeller had made his first million dollars. By age 43, he controlled the biggest business in the world. And at age 53, he was the richest man on earth. And John D. Rockefeller was a tither. But then diseases began to come upon him. His hair started falling out. His eyelashes began to fall out. His eyebrows fell out. One contemporary said he looked like a mummy. His weekly income was $1 million, a million dollars a week, but his digestion was so bad he could only eat crackers and drink milk. He had crushed the helpless in the mire in his lust for money. His workers hated him so much they hung him in effigy. 
He had to have bodyguards around him constantly. A contemporary said of him when he was just 53 years old, he is the oldest person I have ever seen. He has no peace or happiness. He could not sleep, and he enjoyed nothing. And then, everybody shout then. then. Shout then. then. Then he began to think. He could not take one dime into the next world. Have you ever seen a U-Haul following a hearse? When people die, people are always asking, I wonder how much he left. And you know what? It doesn't matter who it is. The answer is they left it all because you can't take any of it with you. That's why Jesus said, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Hallelujah. John D. Rockefeller left it all. Everyone always leaves it all. You can't take any of it with you. I hear people say, I'm going to leave something for the kingdom of God when I die. Well, that won't count. God doesn't want you to leave him your leftovers. God wants you to give into his work and into his mission and into his house here and now. You've got to do your giving while you're living. I said you've got to do your giving while you're living. You've got to give it while you're alive. So John D. Rockefeller began to think, he could not take one thin dime with him to the next world. And then he realized that money was not a commodity to be hoarded, but a benefit to be shared with others. Some of you make but a little money, and some of you make a lot of money. But I'll tell you this, God wants to bless you as you are a blessing. Well, that's what God said to Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And too many of God's people have spent a lifetime trying to get blessed without the second half. They want to try and get blessed without being a blessing. So John D. Rockefeller began to transform his money into a blessing for others. Somebody shout others. He began to transform his money into a blessing for others. Remember what God said to Abraham? God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. So John D. Rockefeller established the Rockefeller Foundation. Now in our lifetime, that institution has become a force for evil. But that was not his intent when he founded it. He meant it to be a force for good, not for evil. He meant it to be a force for good, to help worthy causes. And friends, this is why Gene and Sue give no money to foundations, because the leadership might be good today, but the leadership will be evil tomorrow, because the seed of Adam is in every institution. Are you hearing me tonight? That's why we don't do any giving into gospel organizations for nostalgic reasons. We don't say, well, that was our father in the faith, or this over here was a father in the faith. No, if they are not on fire for the Lord today, if they are not effective for Jesus today, if there's no anointing on them today, we do not give them a dime. Are you hearing me? Your giving has got to be in the now. You cannot give trusting your money to the seed of Adam in some organization, and you cannot give to some gospel organization 
for nostalgic reasons. John D. Rockefeller gave hundreds of millions of dollars to universities and hospitals and foreign missions and underprivileged people. Through his generosity, the South was rid of his greatest scourge, the hookworm. It was John D. Rockefeller money that gave the world the miracle drug penicillin. His giving into medical research saved millions from malaria, tuberculosis, and diphtheria. And so he began to change. He had been a mummy. He couldn't eat. He had been taking advantage of people. But he changed from getting to giving. You see, he had always been a tither, but he had been a tither who took advantage of people. Haven't you figured it out? That's why we're in the fasting chapter in Isaiah 58. My gosh, who would do Isaiah 58 in a week of increase on biblical prosperity and how to handle money? After he changed course, he began to sleep well. He began to eat right. He began to enjoy life. He began to get rid of bitterness and self-centeredness. And he began to receive the streams of love and light and healing from Isaiah 55 promised by God. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily. And he began to live out what Jesus said in Luke 6:38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And he began to receive that giving back into his body. He began to prosper in his body as he had been prospering financially. Can't you see it? This is the meaning of 3 John 2, beloved. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. It took decades, but later John D. Rockefeller testified that he had freed himself. He made money his slave, his servant. He knew from early on that money was important, but he found out as the decades went by that he wanted to be the master of money, not its servant. And John D. Rockefeller lived to the age of 93. So his change of heart gave him 40 more years of life. Isaiah 58, 8 says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then, when you begin to join hands with the Lord for the evangelization of the world, then you will call, and the Lord will answer you. You will cry for help. And the Lord will say, here am I. I don't know about you, but I could not put a price tag on the Lord answering me when I call for help and the Lord saying, here am I. Look at verse 10. And if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land 
and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls and restorer of streets with dwellings. The Lord shall guide you always. What is that worth? The Lord shall guide you always. I'm telling you, today, on August 12, 2022, the CDC basically came out and said, everything we've been saying for two and a half years was nothing but a bunch of horse hooey. But we knew that two and a half years ago by the written word of God and by the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. What is it worth? What is it worth? What is it worth for the Lord to lead and guide you always? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I boldly declare we do not walk the earth as my other men do. We walk in covenant with God. Hallelujah. He goes before us. He is our rear guard. He is on the left. He is on the right. Heaven is opened above us. Hallelujah. And the blessing of the Lord is raining down upon us. Hallelujah. We have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God. And we know what to do and we know when to do it. The Lord shall guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He was talking about Texas. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And then, my gosh, my gosh, my gosh, look what he says about your children, verse 12. And they that shall be of thee. Hallelujah! 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 When we live for God, we bring ourselves under the covenant. But wait a minute, it goes beyond us. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. And they that shall be of thee, that is your children and your grandchildren, and they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to the restorer of paths to dwell in. Then the prophet of God moves on to church attendance. Verse 13: If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable. And if you honor it by not going on your own way and not doing as you please, 
or speak idle words. Then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land. Hallelujah. And to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. If you don't neglect the Sabbath, which in the New Testament was moved to the Lord's Day, Sunday. Verse 14 in the King James Version says, Then thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And that's where Sue and I are right now. Glory, 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 glory. I will cause thee to ride upon the heights of the land. But look what he says in verses 13 and 14. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and doing as you please. On my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, yeah, Gene and Sue Lingerfeld are just that old school. Sunday is the Lord's day. Hallelujah. Now, if you're on vacation, we understand that. But Sunday's not a fishing day. Sunday's not a golfing day. Sunday's not any kind of day except a day set aside for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've made it easy. <clears throat> we gave up Sunday nights. You know, go eat ice cream or something. Amen. But honor the Lord. All God wants is that which is first. It's not that hard. The first thin dime out of every dollar, the first minutes in the morning, and the first day of the week, and if you will give God what God says is his, he will see to it that you get what God says is yours. Hallelujah. 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 The King James says, I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. So get outside of yourself. Begin to give and share. God will bless you. That's why we're laboring so hard to get these truths to you from the Word of God. That's why we started up these meetings and called them a week of increase in 2018. And we've been teaching this series that week in these years, Mastering Money, because I want you to get there. I said I want you to get there. I want you to see that 3 John 2 is the heart of God toward you, beloved. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. I want you to get to where you master your money instead of your money mastering you. You may say, well, I don't have much money to master. Well, then your job's easy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The more you have to manage, the tougher it gets. But I want you to see it. God wants to bless you. 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 
Do not make the Lord regret blessing you. God wants to bless you and give you health and strength, and God wants to bless your children. People don't even think it through. What happens when they don't give God what God says is his? What happens when they live a life taking advantage of people? What happens when they live a life not honoring the first day of the week as the Lord's day? Their children are lost. Here at Faith Christian Center, we're going to pull ahead. We're going to do more. We're going to make more. We're going to tithe more. And we are going to give more as led by the Holy Spirit of God. And we're going to bring glory to the name of the Lord because no matter how blessed we get, we're going to be careful to give our wonderful, beautiful, gracious, heavenly Father all the credit, all the glory, and all the honor. Now let me talk for a moment to those watching online. You know, we talk sometimes about the 1040 window where half of the world's population lives and most of the people in that window have never even heard the gospel. They've never even heard the name Jesus. You may not be in a darkened village, but you, if you're watching online, obviously you're somewhere where the internet is not restricted or banned and you're able to see the gospel online. What a shame, what a shame, what a shame to, be, to have access to the gospel online and then die without Jesus and go to a devil's hell. Hell was never created for a man. It was created for the devil. But when we get ourselves lined up with the devil, then we end up spending eternity with him. But my good news is you don't have to die and go to hell. And you don't even have to live afraid of death. Man, they have had this world scared out of their minds for two and a half years. And then we find out today it was all for naught. Let me tell you what, we weren't afraid, not one moment, not one day, not one week, not one month. We have not been afraid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can live a life without fear and not allow the devil or man to push you around with fear. Pray this prayer with me now. Say these words out loud. Father God, I know that I'm a sinner. Father God, I know that without Jesus, I'll die lost and I'll go to hell. But I don't want to be lost and I don't want to go to hell. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. So let heaven make a record today. As of today, I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer, go online, FCC, Arlington slash salvation. Do I have that right? Dot com. And uh, let us know about your decision. We'd love to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child, because these wonderful, beautiful people at Faith Christian Center have been blessed by the Lord and their tithes and offerings have covered everything. We have no debt. If you send something, we'll thank you for it, but we have need of nothing. And we're so blessed we can send you that book free of charge just to be a blessing to you. Father God, I pray for everybody watching online and I pray for everybody here in this audience this evening. I pray, Father God, that you would give them revelation on the word. 
like you have given Sue and I revelation on the word. Jesus said that it's when we give our lives away that we find our lives. And that's been our truth, Father God. We gave our lives away. And in giving our lives away, we found our lives. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. You are glorious. You are high and lifted up. I want everybody to know Jesus. I want everybody to be saved. I want everybody to be born again. There's so much chaos and there's so much fear and there's so much confusion and the world is filled with lies. Father God, open our eyes that we might see. As David wrote, thy word, O Lord, is truth. We thank you for it in Jesus' holy name. And everyone said amen.